The scripture reading for today is Hebrews 10, 19-25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, as you know the drill already, uh, we're going to walk around once again and say, it is so wonderful to see you face to face. Can we, can we say that? Let's walk around. So wonderful to have you. Good to see you face to face. And as you're done, you may be seated as well. It is wonderful to see um, some of the returning faces. Even last week, um, there are some of the families who came back after two years. And even today, um, it's so great uh, to see returning faces as well. For this year, 2022, uh, we are beginning year with the book of Hebrews, running the race together. And from chapter 1 to chapter 9, uh, we've been focusing on the doctrine, the core, the gospel, the reason why the book of Hebrews was written to encourage and to solidify their faith and understanding of who Jesus Christ is. And moving forward from chapter 10, uh, now the author is focusing on the practical side. What does it mean for us to now run the race together in a very practical way? So today we are beginning the message with a title, The Meeting with Other Runners. Meeting with Other Runners. So let me uh, say this with the opening remarks. The meeting together is one of the marks for healthy team. Not only for team, but community and every relationship. It doesn't matter when you're part of the team, whether you are gifted, talented, how skillful you are. If you do not meet with other team members, or get along and doing everything on your own individually, uh, you will not benefit as much. Uh, individual player is still good, but when we run the race, God has called us to run together as a team. Even spiritual family, it is very important. I remember 
good old days, I used to love watching NBA basketball. So I don't even know who are some of the new players these days, but back in Michael Jordan days, right? And I remember uh, one of the top players of Chicago Bulls, not just Michael Jordan, but Scottie Pippen, right? But something was going on, and he uh, decided not to show up to uh, team practice in a meeting. I remember even though he was a really good player, uh, that the coach uh, made him sit on the bench entire game. Uh, in order to really give him a lesson that there is no um, individual play is allowed and how good you are, uh, you have to show up to team meeting and practice in order to play the real game with others. It's not just the team play uh, sports, even with the family, meeting together is very important. In our life group, same. Even friendship, when you meet, when you share your heart, and really face-to-face, -face, it deepens the quality of friendship. Realize that over the many years, uh, there are times that we may go through misunderstanding and conflict, even amongst the friends. But when you meet more often, you're able to overcome those conflicts and to really grow beyond but when you are far physically distant, uh, it is very difficult to overcome and hurdle through those relational conflict. So it is very important for healthy family, healthy church, healthy team to meet together. On the other hand, um, unhealthy families, dysfunctional relationships, uh, they often build a wall or a fence around them. For the past two years, it's been very difficult for church and even for some of the extended families. And some of you will not even meet your grandparents. Uh, more so, uh, some of our members were mourning and devastated when they're Grandparents were isolated in their nursing home. Even a couple months ago, uh, some of the parents were passing in Korea or different parts of the world, and some of the children couldn't even travel to attend or to even see their final moment. And it is so devastating. Yes, we pray. We connect through Internet, through Zoom, but it is never the same when you are gathering together face to face. Of course, there are times that we cannot physically gather together. Even as a church, when there was a complete lockdown, I remember only five people or ten people were allowed to gather together in the sanctuary, sending or streamlining the worship. When we cannot gather together physically, yes, we have to do our best to meet in spirit in our hearts gathering together. Satan hates when we meet together. Satan wants to lure us to have a pattern or habit so that we don't need to meet or somehow we come up with good convenient reason and we end up justifying ourselves. Especially when we are fighting the war, the spiritual warfare, 
Doesn't matter how much we bless one another, separated, but when there's a spiritual warfare, you need to be together. And we're praying for uh, the situation right now, the war, and the people who care. You know, they're there. They have to fight together, and it's not just like, oh, in my heart, I wish for the best. And same thing that you and I were called to be the children of God. When we are children of God, we need to gather together in the presence of our Father. Also, we are the soldiers of Jesus Christ. When we are fighting spiritual war, we need to gather together to fight the war together. Same thing, if we are playing the game or running the race together, we need to meet together with other runners. And that is obvious. In verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What the author is saying is that meeting together is a habit. On the other hand, not meeting together is also a habit. We're talking about healthy spiritual habit. On the other hand, destructive habit as well. And yet the pattern that we have is something that we want to justify based on our own individualism, self-centeredness, and what is convenient for ourselves. It is our human nature. When you sit, you want to lie down. When you lie down, you want to sleep. There's always a slippery slope. And I just want to encourage you today, it's not to talk about like for the past two years and those who show up or who didn't show up. I am not going there. I just want to take this opportunity to thank every single one of you, whether you are physically here, whether you are worshiping online. You did what you had to do. But even though we are doing online worship, we did our best to do live stream. We refused as a church recording and sending out, even though that would be a lot more easier, technically, because we truly believe that even though physically separated, same time, with the same heart, we give our heart to God. Some of the pastoral team we've been talking about, so now what do we do now that there's kind of like towards the end of COVID? What do we do with the online or upline? And who do we really gear towards our prepping for our worship service? Should we prepare our worship service for people who are showing up physically? Should we really cater still for those who are joining through online? And I had to remind our pastoral team, you know what? We're not worshiping our congregation members. Our first priority, whether we are showing up or not, our priority is to worship God. We are worshiping Him. We're not watching streamlined service. God is calling every single one of us to be worshipers, not viewers. Today, I would like to challenge those who are watching. God never called you to watch service. You need to worship God. And even though we are physically here, it's the same thing. We are not sitting on a pew or sitting on an audience seat where we watch service 
we are called to worship our God the Father. And it's been very challenging, and yet I just want to encourage those who've been worshiping so faithfully, even at home. Uh, it, it's like fighting, right? Uphill battle. Actually, my wife uh, sent me Instagram video a few weeks ago, and I thought it was so funny. And I couldn't really, you know, picture how everyone's worshiping at home, especially young families with the young children. But that kind of video made me to think, you know, and visualize how you're worshiping. So even today, maybe some of you are home, like worshiping like that. You know, I just want to pay attention, worship God, and I, that's why I just want to encourage you. You did your best. And when you cannot gather together physically, just to worship God with all of your heart. But there's a reason why we need to gather together. And even uh, some of the teams, uh, some of the companies now gathering together. I heard the news last week that Microsoft uh, now asking everyone to come back, even Google, but Amazon, you know, you do everything like online, and yet the executive team, they are meeting together because without meeting together, there is no synergy. You cannot really bounce back creative ideas. We're not just talking about logistics or technical things, but people who are really running the forefront, they need to gather together to really exchange their ideas, sharpen one another as a team. And it is the same for people who are running the race of faith together. Unless we meet together, we will not be able to really fulfill the race the way that God has called us to. So today, I'm not going to address three points. I'm going to keep two points. First, why we need to meet together? And number two, when we meet together, what is the purpose? So why and what? So number one, why? It is to spur one another. In verse 19 to 20, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and the living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. What the author is saying is that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we're able to approach the throne of God. We're able to go to meet God the Father. Approaching to the Holy Father means that we are pursuing relationship. It's not just the behavioral thing, the going or approaching, but the purpose or the reason why we're approaching is to build relationship. We talked about Christianity. It's not religion. It is pursuing relationship. Entering into the holy of holy, not as a behavior or action, but to have understanding of intimate relationship. The tabernacle symbolizes meeting with God and also his people meeting together. It was a meeting place. Meeting God and also children meeting the Father together. As a parent, you love when you meet your child one-on-one, -on -one, 
But when they have sibling, when you have sibling, uh, you love it when your children meet also together, all together, not like one on one separate constantly. We think that worship is about like my relationship with God. Yes, that's a part of it. But no, our meeting together with God and also with one another. And when we encounter God, there's a power. God gives us strength. God gives us energy. God gives us purpose and reason why we live. So God pours out his blessing, his power through encountering him. Same thing, when we encounter and meet one another, there's a power. Why? There are two reasons that I want to share with you. For Number one, we are relational beings. You and I, we are wired as relational beings. The reason why Jesus came to shed his blood is for us to restore with our relationship with God the Father that we were once enemies of God. But God reconciled through his son, Jesus Christ, reconciliation of the relationship, the broken relationship and fellowship. Our triune God is triune relational communal God. And when he created us, that he created us in the image of God so that we are in a core relational beings. So core being, we are relational. So that when you are isolated, many of us we have experienced. A lot of young people struggle even with a depression. And it was heartbreaking because as I do English ministry but also Korean ministry, some of our elder, elderly congregation members, the seniors, for the past two years, their health, emotional, their men mental capacity and everything significantly deteriorated for the past two years. And once the nursing home opened, uh, some of our pastoral team visited uh, some of the grandma or grandfather of our congregation members. And it was heartbreaking the way that our seniors have deteriorated because they were isolated. They couldn't meet their loved ones. Why? Because you and I, we are created and wired emo uh, relationally. So through relationship, we get recharged. We get renewed. Even though you are maybe introvert, you love spending time alone, but ultimately there are times that you need to meet, you need to come out from your cave to be recharged spiritually. Think about little children or COVID babies. We had a lot of kids, babies who were born during COVID. One of the natural ways for them to really bond and grow a healthy way is to go to their uncles and their aunties and grandparents. And yet, many COVID babies, unless parents were very intentional, now it's like they don't want to go to anyone. 
Even in prison, most severe punishment is for them to be isolated in their private cell. We wonder why. Hell is the ultimate isolation from God. And yet the gospel makes us to encounter God. Worship is not just a behavior, but it's about encountering God face to face. When we meet God face to face, that's when we encounter, we begin to understand. Worship is not just listening to a sermon or content and gain knowledge and walk away. That's not worship. That's a part of it. But worship in a core is about meeting God and meeting one another in the presence of God. There's a two-way relationship. So I think it's been about three or four weeks that some of the congregation members have been returning, and especially uh, people who, that I haven't seen for two years. I was so happy and excited, and it's like, man, like, so good to see you. And 90% of them, you know what they say? Well, but we saw you every single week. We saw you every single week. Yeah, you saw me, but I didn't see you. <laughs> Relationship is not one-way internet. I had to see you. Right? I remember when um, my wife and I went to States to study, and we were there for seven years, and uh, both of our daughters were born uh, in California. And for my parents especially, I was the first child. And the granddaughter, their ever first granddaughter. But my parents had a store here in Toronto. They couldn't come easily. So my father didn't have a chance to come down uh, to be a grandchild. We didn't have uh, FaceTime or Zoom or Kakao Talk, whatever. So my wife videotaped our firstborn, Haley, when she was infant. Right? Send the videotape. My father, he would watch the video every single day. After store, he would watch it. During his break, he would watch it. When he takes nap, he would play the video. He would to the point where the everything. Like the videotape, it got ruined because he watched too much. So we had to send another one. So after one year of vacation, uh, one year after serving, we had a vacation. For the first time, we flew into Toronto, Pearson Airport. My father was so excited. He came to the airport. The moment that we arrived and came out, my father grabbed Haley and then held her. And you know what Haley did? She cried. Who is this person? <laughs> Who is this person? You see, the relationship is not just a one way. Yes, my father loved a granddaughter, but from granddaughter perspective, like, who is this? And you gotta meet together. And that's why when we have a funeral, grandchildren, they're all here, but then usually the grandchildren, who does a eulogy and who is most devastated, is the one who spends the most time with the grandparents. That's common sense, obviously, right? 
Why? Because relationship is a two-way. And it's the same thing spiritually when we are called as a spiritual community. God spurs his blessing, his power, gospel, passion, purpose, and everything when we are meeting together. And that's why we need to meet together. Secondly, for our bodies and our hearts follow together. When your body goes, your heart follows. That God has redeemed not, our, not only our soul, but God has redeemed our bodies. When we are saved by grace of God, we are also saved, even physically as well. That's why Christianity, the right doctrine, we never separated our hearts and our bodies. As much as we love God with all of our heart, we need to love God with all of our bodies. When God talks about holiness, not only just in our heart, we love God, we care about God. No, we need to pursue holiness with our physical bodies as well. We never dichotomize our heart and our bodies. Real spirituality always company bodies and heart together. And that is why it is very important for us to worship God with all of our bodies. That's why we stand, we clap, we move, we offer our bodies. In verse 20, it says, the curtain that is through his flesh. If God just wanted to forgive us with his heart, he could say everything, well, all of you are forgiven. But he never had to send his Jesus Christ his son, with flesh. No reason for Jesus to take human form. There's no reason for incarnation. But Jesus came taking the human form, the flesh. He suffered. That's a complete gospel, complete forgiveness and redemption. In verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Again, bodies and a heart go together. That leads to full assurance of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Spiritual worship, and yet Paul is talking about bodies as a living sacrifice. So we need to worship God and we need to meet together with our physical bodies. We need to give thanks to God through our physical bodies. How do we give thanks to God through our bodies? Very simple way to begin. Show up. We need to show up. Because when you show up physically, your heart follows. 
Think about 10 lepers that Jesus healed. But only one person showed up to Jesus to thank Jesus. If you think about it, even other nine lepers, I'm sure they were thankful. Wouldn't you think? You were lepers and you were healed? I'm sure they were grateful. They were thankful. But what Jesus said was a proper thanks was to come back to Jesus, showing up physically. But other nine lepers were said, Jesus should know our hearts. We don't need to show up to thank him. He should know. And that's why active worship always involves a physical part. I still vividly remember when we, uh, when we went to Brazil. And that's something that, that, that I love because uh, during service, you know, how Brazilian uh, worship God and their favorite time is our offering time. Now we do like click and then we do online giving. But you know how Brazilian brothers and sisters, they give offering? Now it's an offering time and then they get excited and they, they all get up. And there's an offering basket and someone's holding. And then as they come, they don't just walk, but they just dance. They dance. And maybe some of them, they don't know how much they should give to God. So sometimes they back down and then they go back. But then as they dance around and then walk to the altar, they give offering unto the Lord. We pray for mission field. But I know that people who pray the most for mission field usually Usually, there are other exceptions, but people who visited Mission Field, they really care and they pray in depth. Why? Because you've been there. Your heart goes. Same thing with the children, same thing with family. Same thing even in marriage, you need to meet together. Same thing with the children, you need to meet together. And you need to make that as a holy habit, pattern. And I think for the past two years, we've been talking about social distancing, and I hope and pray that the social distancing will never be spiritual distancing. So we talked about why we need to meet together. We need to spur one another. And number two, then when we meet together, what? What do we do? What is the purpose? The purpose of meeting together is to complete one another. In verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful, but you and I, we are unfaithful. We are incomplete beings. We are shaken and bombarded by temptation. We're weak. It's like a sparks all scatter. So there's a bit of a spark for passion, and yet when we are separated, we die down 
so quickly, so easily. Therefore, we need to meet, and yet some of us, we meet, but there is no direction. So then, we become so inward, and we implode. When we meet, there has to be purpose. I know like previous generation, first generation of immigrants, because they're so busy with their store and their church, they couldn't spend enough time with their children, which they regret. But on the other hand, I see like different, complete opposite swing, the spectrum where some of the families that you meet every single day, every single meal is like family meal, which is great. But when you gather together, what do you do? Is there direction? Is there purpose? Something meaningful? We become so inward because there is no purpose and there is no direction. So we end up just fulfill our own desire and needs and yet it's never ending, right? Think about our families. Is it our children are going through a difficult time right now because we haven't spent enough time with them? Maybe we've been meeting a lot, but without purpose, without direction. So what are some of the purposes that we should really aim when we meet together in our small group? Some of you, you've been meeting consistently and yet maybe you talked about weather maybe you talked about golf maybe you talked about going and then having some fun vacation which are great you need to begin conversation like that but maybe you've been meeting for two years and three years and still remain that shallow level just talk about food talk about vacation talk about sports covid The purpose of meeting, number one, it is very clear. We need to understand God better. That's why we're meeting. Because you and I, we have relationship, yes. And yet every single person, even including myself, even though you've been Christian for 70, 80 years, your understanding of who God is is incomplete. Think about that. Because God is a lot bigger your understanding of God is incomplete. Yes, there could be, we may have distorted image of God or understanding of who God is. We need to be healed. We need to be corrected through the word of the Lord. But also there are incomplete understanding and image of God. And some of us, we know God as like, especially our next generation, second or third, or many of us, we grew up in North America. We know God as God of grace, God of forgiveness. Which is not wrong. And yet some of us, we only know God as like, forgiving, gracious, merciful God, and we don't know God of justice. We haven't really encountered God of holiness. That's incomplete.
Some of us, we become one-sided. The last three days, actually, I was in Niagara Falls spending time with our missionaries, nine missionary families who came back. So we had a retreat for two nights and three days. Many of them were seniors, and they loved talking. So until late, we were listening to them. You know, their mission field, what was going on. And yet, how refreshing it was. Why? Because during the last two years, I encountered God, God of COVID in Canada. <laughs> online, online, you know, how do we do Zoom? And that was like battlefield for me for the past two years. But when I heard our missionaries who were quarantined in China for two years, couldn't get out, what it was like for them to do ministry, and I heard a story from Argentina, missionaries who came back, and what God showed to them, how refreshing it was, because I was so limited in here. And many of you, you are limited. Yes, you are faithful, but you are limited. God of my family, right? God who protects my children from COVID. God who protects my grandparents, or our family, or maybe immediate extended family. And that was God of our family. And yet, as we gather together, we understand God better. So when your life group gathered together, what kind of questions do you have? What did you eat? Where did you go? Where are you going to go during March break? Oh, what are you going to do when COVID ends? Yes, talk about those. But most fundamental question, maybe some of you have been part of the life group for the past two, three years, but you never asked that question. So how did you come to know Christ? You've been having family dinner every single day for the past 16 and 20 years, and yet maybe we never talk to our children about how we came to know Christ. So this morning to KM, like a lot of seniors came, so I challenged our seniors. Maybe your grandchildren, maybe they never got to hear how you came to know Christ. But what we talk about is, did you go to church? Did you worship today? But more than that, how we came to know Christ. When we have a baptism class, I love having this question because I want to hear how they come to know Christ. And I need to make sure they have personal relationship before we baptize, right? So I ask questions. For the past 18 years, every single baptism class, I ask the same question. How did you come to know Christ? But I remember last year, it was our high school students. It was one of Kara's friend who grew up in our church. After the whole interview, it was such a precious moment because he, grade 12 student. So Pastor Jason, how did you know, how did you come to know Christ? I was so impressed. I was overjoyed. I think he was the first one asking. It's almost like, how dare we ask, right? But he asked me the question. Pastor Jason, how did you meet Christ? So I share with him. 
The reason why we're meeting together is to know God better, to ask that question. Wouldn't you agree? There are people that you meet so much and yet you don't feel connected. And there are people you meet like once in a while but you feel connected. Why is it? Because you know that person better through that conversation. Maybe because you know and understand who God is better through that conversation. That's why you feel connected. There are so many things that we need to learn because we're incomplete. As I do ministry between KM and EM, I learn a lot because same situation, EM congregation members respond differently from KM. And I don't, I never think EM or KM is better, but I learn a lot. Wow, same event, same crisis, respond differently, and I learn better. Through our differences. That's why God called you to get married, or some of you who have a calling, right? Because through differences, God wants to mature you so that you understand God better through marriage. So how do we understand God better? You need to understand your spouse's difference. And that's why we're doing life group. Not only to know God better, number two, serving one another better. In verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. God has given every single one of you gifts, talents. When you utilize your gift, not only you are building up church, building up others, but you are building up yourself as well. When you serve the way that God has created you, that's when you thrive. So, brothers and sisters, God, the way that he came to us was his being and doing. That completes. Many of us, we focus so much on being. just want to be. But with, without doing, being is never complete. Of course, the other way around, doing without understanding our being is also incomplete. And last two years, we had to really focus on being because we're limited. But now, I think it is very important for us to now come out and to find balance again between being and doing. Again, habit comes through training. We need to train ourselves. We need to retrain ourselves. As I did ministry for many, many years, I seen a lot of young people leaving church. When they go to university, when they go to workplace, 
But people who really encounter God when they were younger days, eventually, many of them, they come back because they remember. But I wonder, you know, kids who are born now post-COVID, who are not having this kind of habit and training, what it will be like 20 years, 30 years down the road. I think these are the, some of the things that we need to really foresee and really rebuild training and habit. So whether it's a community, life group, whether it's a family, it is very important for us to meet together, team up to run the race together. And brothers and sisters, let me end by saying this. Spiritual fellowship is the only way for us to thrive. Let's pray together. Brothers and sisters, today I was very straightforward and I just want to make sure that it's never for me. It's never for church. We as a church, we were able to manage and we were able to carry on last two years. So it's not for me or for church you need to show up. It's for you, your spiritual vibrancy, your life, for you to grow, thrive. It is for your children to be trained properly, life-giving, knowing God, serving. It has to be the way that God has designed. So let's pray. We're not talking about our two years, but it's about moving forward. However, it's been difficult. We understand it was new. Everyone, we panic. Even as a church, there are so many things that we didn't know what we were doing, but we had to just still do whatever it took. But now as we are regrouping together, maybe we need to set new habit and training. And that takes our commitment, intentionality. It could be even your family members. You need to meet together. for purpose. Don't just meet and thinking that every single day you come home so that you're doing your thing. No, you meet together for reason and for purpose. Maybe Holy Spirit is prompting your heart. And why don't you really seal that through prayer today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, last two years, we're so thankful the way that you have poured out your grace and protected. You've been so faithful. Even though we were lost, we were in fear, we didn't know what we were doing. And yet, so grateful because our congregation members did their best. Lord, and now it is time for us to regroup as a team and spiritual family and soldiers of Christ. Whether it's a Sunday worship, a life group, 
and even just family gathering. Lord, help us to be restored, regroup, to build a healthy family, healthy relationship in order for us to run the race. In Jesus' name we pray.